0: Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes. Make sure to hop over to HurtFantasyFootball.com to subscribe to us so you know where we're up to this off season. I am your host, Courtney Kirby. I'm here with my lovely sisters, Ashley Williams and Brandon Marianne Lee. Hello, ladies. Hello. This is Hello. the first Sunday without football. We have 29 more left. It's crazy the countdown. It's sad. It's really sad. My husband's been watching um, replays of old Super Bowls today. Ooh. You just can't, you just can't get oh, away really? from it. It's like it's depressing, isn't it? He doesn't that want to think, just watch yeah. the last one over and over again. It had such a good uh, ending. No, he watched the Patriots uh, Seattle game. Just got done with that. Oh, it did have such a good ending, Ashley. Oh, so mm-hmm. sweet. I was it saying did. we made uh, Thanksgiving dinner for the Super Bowl. Uh, because you don't have to cook during the Super Bowl. It's basically all done, you know, ready for you when the alarm goes off. So it was fantastic. Very, very good. Ladies, what did you do for the Super Bowl? 1st <laughs> You're the only person I know that thinks,
1: oh, Thanksgiving dinner, super easy. We'll just, you know, it makes itself pretty much. I love that. I've never made Thanksgiving dinner in my life. <laughs> it stresses me out. And I love that you and Brandon both
0: eat Thanksgiving dinner okay, I more will, than once a year. I will say that we did buy... Already made mashed potatoes because I didn't want to be making mashed potatoes because that's really the only thing you have to make like in there. Sure. The corn in the microwave, you know, the steam stuff. It's fine. It's good. Stuffed. And you do the whole turkey? We do the whole turkey. We do double the recipe of stuffing, gravy with drippings, you know, at all. Sure. I love it. The best. It's <laughs> the best. What did you like to I mean, do I- for the Super Bowl?
1: I ate clam tip.
0: I did too, which yeah. by did the, too. the way,
1: too. following
2: too. up, Howard Bender will not stop with the, how he thinks clam dip's disgusting. He won't stop, people. He needs to try it. He, he needs to try it. He I mean, keeps it is sending rather... me barfing gifts. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not barf worthy. It's delicious, you guys. Clam dip is the jam. If you're listening the to Sirius it keeps coming up.
1: The only people I know that do not like it are people that haven't tried it, other than your husband doesn't like cream cheese. Other than that. I mean, I've had to give that recipe out multiple times. I mean, it's the easiest recipe in the world, but I've had to give it out because it's delicious. Yeah.
2: There you go. <laughs> yes. delicious. And the people just don't get it. So all you XM listeners that, you know, we're not on right now because it's not football season, but you're still hearing about Clam Dip and her fantasy football. I'm telling you again, trust us. It's delicious.
1: Mm-hmm. I had a right great now. day though. I watched the Waste Management Golf Tour <laughs> right nice. before the Super Bowl, and it wrapped up with like – I think we turned it over, and Pink was already on the field, but she hadn't started. Um, so by the time Ooh, we turned up, it was, it was like perfect timing. I got to watch my golf, got to watch the Super Bowl. It ended how perfect. I wanted it to end. It was yes. perfection.
0: we'll get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Well, very nice, ladies. In fact, our show, we are going to... Talk about the Super Bowl, some of the playoff wrap ups, kind of go through a little bit of free agency, what we expect from some of these playoff teams this week. And so we're going to start off with the wild card weekend, which was forever ago now, but there's no time like the present, right? To talk about the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Best matchup ever. Um, no, actually, listen, you can also follow us, just so you know, on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. If you ever want to talk about football during this offseason, we're there. And we're going to have a big draft show, and, you know, we get to pick our own teams, and that's always fun. So make sure you you talk to us there. Um, and if you hate the Titans as much as I do, you can tweet us about that, too. So <laughs> let's get started with the team that definitely <laughs> deserved to be in the playoffs. And It was just like their season. This game started really slow for the Titans. The only player to score in the first half was Ryan Suckup, who is a free agent this year and finished the year in the top 10 for kickers and fantasy points, and by far the best person on this team. So this year, I should say, performance-wise. Um, I found this team to be very frustrating to cover all year long because there was no rhyme or reason for what they did. And I'm pretty mm. sure they didn't know what they were going to do every game anyway. So I don't think they had a clue. Um, but the second half of the Titans game, they managed to come back. Mariota taking things into his own hands, literally. Mariota threw a six-yard pass to himself. Take that, Giselle. It is possible. (laughs) It can be done. It can be done.
2: I don't think we actually are giving her enough credit. Maybe that was prophetic of her. Maybe Maybe she knew that in the future we'd realize, no, legitimately, he cannot throw and catch the ball.
0: I was surprised that we have yet to see in the Tom First Time Facebook documentary him practicing. Throwing With the ball a pass to, to him. himself, <laughs> yeah, like trying to like be like throw and then run and catch, you know, where well, we could see he yeah. couldn't catch during the football, couldn't, yeah, Super Bowl anyways, hard. from somebody else even. So, um, DeMarco Murray was out, so Henry had the touchdown, and they couldn't convert the two point conversion, which they failed again. After Eric Decker caught a twenty two yard touchdown, the whole game was exactly what I thought: the Titans all year, not good enough. Regardless, they won the game. So it's just. Typical. Typical. This is when the beginning of the end for my playoff predictions started. I don't know about you ladies. I thought for sure the Tennessee Titans are going to be out round one. Yeah. I
1: thought the chiefs would win in the polls. Yeah. I did, but I did well for most of it. That, But that one would surprise me. Mm-mm. Big time. But I think it's because Kelsey was out. Which I'm sure brands going to talk about, I mean, that just changed the entire dynamic of that game.
2: Oh, I would say yes and no. So the Kansas city chiefs, um, I I thought they could maybe take a run at it. You know, they were a legitimately good football team uh, with all of the parts that you need. Um, But you know what? (laughs) What a bunch of baloney. Okay, I'm sorry. Terrible play calling again. And you want to know what they did? They went back to that midseason slump formula and they had, I'm not kidding you guys, they had a 21-3 lead going into halftime. And yet, for the entirety of the game, Kareem Hunt only got 11 carries. For 42 yards and a goal line touchdown. Of course, they got a touchdown. The guy is good at football. Why would you only give a running back your lead back 11 carries when you're That's up ridiculous. 21-3? Uh, they deserve to lose for the game. time
1: for time management alone. For time management alone, you should be running the ball. I don't. By it, it made itself. no sense. It's just. Uh,
2: I sat there watching and I was like, "Okay, did they just start prevent offense and prevent defense? Mm-hmm. What is this? Thing. Is this a it's new thing?" thing? disturbingly bad you guys unbelievable and yes uh, it is important to point out that Travis Kelsey he did catch four passes for 66 yards and a touchdown but he did leave the game in the second quarter uh, and the Chiefs went into this you know bizarre uh, coasting land I guess they just gave up they are like oh Travis Kelsey's out so we can't do it but the problem is they have other people that play football on that team and they could have been fine for instance Tyree Kill caught seven passes for 87 yards Demarcus Robinson also scored a touchdown and Alex yeah. Smith finished the game with 264 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. But clearly, if you looked at the internet, he is why they lost. What?
1: Because what? that Alex Smith always gets the short end of the stick. Alex was not, was not the reason they lost.
2: Get the out of
1: here. Was the play reason calling. they lost
2: that game and that Swiss cheese defense that came back to bite them in the <laughs> bum. I'm sorry. I am just done. You know, And I'm not an Alex Smith like, big-time apologist. Like I, I recognize good football when I see it, and he was playing good football this year. And I can't even get into the fact that Derek Carr got into the Pro Bowl and not Alex Smith. Like My brain can't comprehend that sentence, so I'm not going to go there. But I do know that Alex Smith had a career year this year, and he was not the reason why they lost that game. They lost that game because they did not go to Kareem Hunt. And that's why they lost all those games in the middle yeah. of the season and almost didn't make the playoffs, which is why they were playing in this first round to begin with. You deserve to lose. Now, I, obviously. Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, just, I think that the weirdest part to me was like literally watching the game. I sat there and thought they literally have built their entire playbook for this game around Travis Kelsey because the moment he went out, like literally could see the look on their faces. It was like, uh. uh, uh it's like you do have other players. And like you said, they were so far up. You run the ball. Time management alone, you run the ball. It just doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Um, Did Andy retake over the play calling duties for that game? Did he retake it over?
2: Or what happened? I mean, it's debated. Uh, You know, I think that there... Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I know that Nagy is someone that everyone really loves, so no one wants to put any blame on him, and he has a bright future. So I'm not going to sit here and, like, you know, knock the guy. And I'm not, you know, I, I think. These, uh, this is how I feel about this moving forward because the biggest move of the offseason so far is that Alex Smith is now with the Washington Redskins. Okay. So they have decided it's Patrick Mahomes' time that they're moving forward. Um, and they're going to keep Andy Reid there to nurture this young quarterback. So no matter what Andy Reid would have done in that playoff game, that was the plan all along, in my opinion. So that that was how it all worked out. Whatever Alex Smith did. They left him that contract, but they gave him four additional years for Alex Smith when they go, went over to Washington listen, I, you know, he's an older guy. So that's kind of surprising to me, but sure. I, you know, fine. I'm going to say this. I I think it was a complete implosion that I'm not going to even put blame on any specific coaching, but I do think that now everyone in that organization is on notice. That was unacceptable. I don't even know. I mean, all all they had to do was hand off the ball, just run out the clock. That's all they had to do, and they won the game. It's unbelievable. Uh, None of the other free agents are fantasy relevant except for Albert Wilson, so I stand by my words.
0: (laughs) Perfect. All right.
2: And I'm going to continue talking because... Guess what, everybody? We are lucky enough again to have HelloFresh as our sponsor, which is really exciting because we're all kind of groupies of it because it is delicious. If you want $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code HERFFB30. Now, we all here love HelloFresh. It's super convenient. The selection is phenomenal. There are flexible plans, simple yet notable recipes that your whole family can enjoy. And in my case, that family family is me and my hubby. For Courtney, that is her hubby and her two kids. There's literally a plan for everyone. There are three plans that you can choose from. There's a classic, the veggie, and the family. Everything is chef curated. Now, my favorite part is that it takes away the need to meal plan, make grocery lists, grocery shop. and You get to try new things, which is fun, and become a better cook. The classic plan has a variety of meat, fish, seasonal produce. The veggie plans feature plant-based proteins, grains, and also seasonal produce. The family meals are made with everyone in mind now you choose a delivery date that works best for you you can pause it in the weeks when you don't need it and when you're out of town i know that ashley travels a lot so sometimes she has to pause it and that's great because then yep. you can just start it right up again everything's pre-measured it's super handy little meal kits delivered right to your door so like who doesn't love that i especially love the one pot meals i had i talked about the delicious shrimp lo mein that i had uh last week when we were talking or the last show when we were talking about hello fresh uh but tonight i'm gonna get off the the horn and i'm going to do you, the southwestern stuffed peppers which is one of my favorites and here's the good thing you can actually um like recipes and attribute uh, attribute a rating to them and then have them happen again as you have hello fresh over and over again which is something that i do so we always when it's available get the southwest uh stuffed peppers it's made with beef so if you're vegetarian that doesn't work but it is yummy ashley what's one of your favorites
1: oof we had a really yummy uh Chicken sausage ravioli two ooh. weeks ago that was delicious, really, really good. We actually had some uh mushu pork tacos, which I was surprised. Ooh. My husband hates mushrooms, but and like a lot of the ingredient is diced up mushrooms, and he loved it. And I was like, wow, ooh. all right. I was I was holding my breath and I'm like, ooh, I don't think we realize this was so heavy mushroom based, but he loved it. It's good. We do also the buttered up steak. We love that one a lot.
2: Yeah, I actually don't like mushrooms either, and that's one of my favorite recipes that they have is the Mushu pork. Tacos. The Mushu
0: pork, it's really good. Yeah, yeah even if you don't really, like mushrooms, really
2: try it. What about yeah. you, Courtney?
0: I just made the tortilla soup one pot thing, Brandon. You were just talking about, and um, it was amazing. I'm trying to cut back on my meat. So I got the veggie plan for the family and it's great. I was able to put in some shredded chick turkey from the leftover Thanksgiving right into it for the kids. And it came with every, it was amazing. It was really good. Everybody enjoyed it. And there was plenty left over too. Yeah. So that's just the it. Family, Dude, portions lot. are big. Yeah. Yeah. Portions are big.
2: yeah so yeah. it's really yummy. So again, Guys, really, we all actually eat it, so we're not lying to you. It's, like, delicious. And if you want $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, all you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com and enter HerFFB30. Again, HerFFB30, 30, $30 off. You'll be happy you did.
0: Yay. Now, something, I again, I was not happy about was the Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Rams game.
2: Aha, but Ashley called it. I did she call did. it. Yeah, I did. She Ashley did. actually had a good postseason. She called mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff. I did
0: call a lot of it. actually, And I called the Eagles winning, too. It's because Ashley has no soul. So she picks all the teams that are soulless.
2: Yeah, that's the key for
0: me. That is
1: the key to good picks, is having no soul and bringing no emotion into it. Good job. I will say, yeah. I did get burned a couple times. So I generally take the better quarterback. This was our debate, is is Matt Ryan actually a better quarterback than Jared Goff at the moment. That was the biggest debate that we had. I would say no.
2: I don't think this game told us anything. I'm actually. But it gave me
1: experience. I went off experience to say, you know what? That's right. There's something about experience having been here before. And this is what gave me the edge for Matt Ryan, which is why I chose the Falcons. And they pulled it out. I'll let you continue.
2: Well, I don't want to talk too much because I I actually have both of these teams. Someone try to condense this a little bit here. Here's the deal. The Atlanta Falcons move forward with their mediocrity and that's what they do. Okay. Like nothing was exceptionally uh, impressive about them. Um, Listen, Matt Ryan, 218 yards and a touchdown. Yawn. Devontae Freeman carried the ball 18 times with 66 yards and a touchdown with one catch for three yards. That's fine. That's good. Uh, Tevin Coleman, 14 carries for 40 yards, three catches for 28 yards. I'm bringing him up because in the next game he actually did better than Mm -hmm. uh, Devontae Freeman. Cooper is just like you guys, I mean, if you're in a dynasty format and someone believes in Austin Hooper, you should trade him away immediately. I have seen nothing that tells me that this is going to get better. Three catches, uh, three catches for 15 yards here. I'm just so bored even talking about this. I will say, though, that our favorite flex play of the year, Muhammad Sanu, balled out again, four passes for 75 yards. Again, flex, baby. I didn't say he was your number one or number two or even number three wide receiver, but your flex. He's
0: perfection. And
2: then so you have to be uh, careful
0: with Muhammad Sanu. When you mean four passes, you mean he caught four passes, not through four passes. True, because it could be that, that. talented.
2: That's right. Yes. So true, Courtney. I yeah. need mm-hmm. to be double, double very clear because mm-hmm. we all know mm-hmm. Muhammad Sanu has a perfect passer rating in the NFL. That's Still right. one of my favorite yeah. fun facts. Yeah. Gosh, he
1: should probably <laughs> get a Garoppolo worth deal.
2: Yeah, he probably mm-hmm. could make. 139 million dollars. Um, Julio Jones caught nine passes for 94 yards and a touchdown, which was great. It was nice to see him in the end zone. So that's the good news. Yes, here's my problem with Julio Jones. He's a fantastic athlete, and we're supposed to be talking about this from a fantasy perspective. We kept seeing it in the playoffs. It is true, but he will continue to be frustrating as long as Matt Ryan's there, as long as he's in Atlanta Falcon, and that is not ending anytime soon. So you either are along for the ride or you're not. It's pretty clear what's happening. So uh, everything was consistent. And again, Matt Bryant, four field goals. Can I get a what, what? Oh. Uh, thing about it, the huh? Los Angeles Rams. Uh, is that really, they actually didn't mess up. If you watch the game, it was all special teams. And poor Farrell Cooper had two turnovers that just were... Um, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Farrell Cooper was in the Pro Bowl as a special teamer. He was amazing all year, and special teams was one of the things they were the best at. Mm-hmm. Literally, you guys, the Los Angeles Rams, a great special teams team. So, it was like they couldn't get into their game plan because they kept losing the ball. I mean, it just wasn't Possible
1: layoffs are a different beast, different beast. and
2: That's where the experience came in. And you were totally right, Ashley, because that just, and, and then it was just, they couldn't catch up and no one really had like a bad game, but no one was fantastic. You know, Jared Goff threw for 259 yards and a touchdown. It was Cooper cup who scored that touchdown. Uh, again, my, favorite 14th round pick. Uh, Eight passes for 69 yards. I think that he is going to be a big player next year. I am worried about his ADP, so I'm not going to say whether or not you should draft him yet because now the cat's out of the bag. Her fantasy football was on this early, but now everybody knows. I do think he's the possession receiver moving forward, although Robert Woods might be your ADP hero because, again, that guy caught nine catches for 142 yards. Mm. Yep. However, a couple things happen. Uh, oh, I want to say Todd Gurley is amazing. There's nothing else to talk about. He was amazing to over 100 yards, yeah. whatever, even on 14 carries. Give me a break. But I will say this. Tyler Higbee dropped a touchdown that could have maybe won the game. The tight end situations there is dubious from a fantasy perspective. I still think right. Gerald Everett is going to be the guy moving forward, and I think the, the Tyler Higbee drop may have just solidified it. B. Sammy Watkins had one catch in this particular game. He is um, possibly a free agent next year. Now, I am under the impression, and so are other people that they're going to franchise tag him, which why not? They don't really lose anything with that. Uh, But I still don't think that his role is going to improve to the point where you're going to want him, and I think he may be one of the more overdrafted people based off of his draft stock and what people thought of him when he was a bill. So I'm just putting up some warning flags now. Well, we'll see. Who knows Mm -hmm. where Zayn is going to follow? I still don't know
1: if it's worth it.
0: well, it wasn't he didn't do much this year for yeah. to be too high. I don't think so. We'll see. Well, let's talk about those Bills. The Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, actually. Well, not a whole lot happened in this game with a score of 10 3. So <laughs> you know
1: this was, um, this was the best game. This is the best game. This was the game, best game. It was If yeah, yeah, Sean McCoy had the best game, uh, rushing 19 times for 75 yards, and then also team high catch six catches for 44 yards. Um Again, there wasn't much to say about Buffalo from this stand. I had the other team as well, so I'll cover a little bit more there. But the biggest thing to note for Buffalo um, was this was their first postseason appearance since 1999. And it was incredibly exciting for them to get to the playoffs. And I loved the Bills that a lot of Bills fans donated to Andy Dalton's charity as a thank yeah. you. It was just a classic NFL fandom moment. And it was just glorious. So I think to me, that was the most exciting, best part, was just kind of that journey that they had to get into the playoffs and how exciting that was. And then, of course, they were one and done. But um, still exciting. If we talk about the free agents for this uh, team, it's Jordan Matthews, who's 25. Deontay Thompson, wide receiver at 28. Mike Tolbert, who's always an interesting fullback uh, at age 32, but he's getting a little bit older here. Taiwan Jones, running back 29. Tavarius Cadet, running back 29 um there's been no definitive word on any of these guys statuses at all but the one i do want to talk about is tyrod taylor because that's what we do when it comes to the bills we talk about tyrod taylor so mm-hmm. he has said that he will not take a pay cut to remain with the bills taylor wants to stay in buffalo but i am not sure how likely that actually is the bills can save 15 million for making tyrod taylor um a post june cut and they likely will move on. So they will save $15 million if they do that. I do think they will do that. The Broncos, they were interested in Tyrod in 2015. So they have been talked about as a potential spot where he could land if the Bills do cut him, which I do think is very likely. Now, again, Kirk Cousins has been talked in that that realm as well. Who knows? But they did have an interest in Tyrod Taylor, so that's interesting. Now, when Coach Sean McDermott was asked about Tyrod Taylor's future in Buffalo, he said... I'm not going to get into Tyrod Taylor's future then um, while adding that the team will continue to evaluate. So I think of course, he, so that's how it always is. That They're means by bye, bye Tyrod. So he's, he's not going to be a bill next year. So I'll be really intrigued to see where he lands and I'll be really intrigued to see the value for any of these guys other than potentially LaShawn McCoy, who I guess the Eagles tried to get in the acquisition trade with Jordan Matthews. They wanted uh, LaShawn McCoy back, but that didn't happen. Um, but you got Nathan Peterman didn't do great. Now I'm sure he'll do better, a little better next year, but didn't do great. Right.
2: A- he went in again in the playoffs and threw another pick.
1: Yep, I know. I mean, didn't do great. Uh, didn't I feel do bad great for
2: him. It's true.
1: You know what? They got they, but they but they still are gonna boot Tyrod Taylor. There's I nothing know. this guy can do. And all I can hope is that he can find an organization that will do something similar to what I would say the Vikings did with Case Keenum is play to the strength of your quarterback. Or what? You know the Eagles did. When Foles went in, they didn't sit there and try to force a game plan that they had done with Carson Wentz. They went back and looked at film from when Foles was successful and said, okay, we're going to implement a lot of the style and strategies that they used when you were successful. That's and that called is why the coaching. Eagles won. That is called coaching, not this is my style and everyone has to fit to it. It's like, no, you coach the players and the skill sets that they have. It drives me insane.
2: I have two quick things. One, I think Tyrod Taylor is a winner. I know, it's like a weird cliche phrase, but I do think he's a winner. And there's just something about him that i have always like, B, um, is Jordan Matthews the oldest 25-year-old ever? I feel like he
1: right? le- I know. <laughs> you said but 25.
2: I-, I was like. What? I had to double check the age. I was like, he's only 25
1: years old. Huh.
0: That's so crazy. Yeah, I feel the same way that he's been playing for mm-hmm. years. hmm
1: Yeah, but free agent. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. He didn't do a whole lot this year. Didn't do a whole lot at all. So, to me, there's just kind of a bad juju about wide receivers in Buffalo. I don't know. Yeah. Not into it. Anyway, onto the Jags. This uh, game was incredibly, um, was not incredibly fantasy relevant in terms of you know, the only player to catch a touchdown was Ben Koyak. Who? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the most interesting part of this game to me was the fact that Blake Bortles had more rushing yards than passing yards. It was actually an entertaining game to watch, but he had more rushing yards than passing yards, albeit only by one yard. He had 88 rushing yards uh, off 10 rush attempts, and then he was 12 for 23 for 87 yards. So, but still more rushing than passing uh the game was tied 3-3 at halftime and it wasn't until late in the third quarter which was basically a 15 play drive uh, of Bortles which was a nice 86 yard coverage there in which he threw a one yard touchdown to Mr. Ben um with only 49 seconds left in the third quarter so Buffalo was not able to answer and off the Jags go to the Steelers it was uh it was for me a fun game because I was really rooting for the Jags. And so it was kind of fun to see them win.
0: I was too. This is one of the yeah. ones I was right on. Well, yeah. it happened right. All right, we got the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. The Panthers, let's see. Hmm. The Panthers just couldn't get ahead. Four field goals in the first three quarters just isn't going to cut it in playoffs, except if you're in that last game. Ironically, the only guy scoring points in the first three quarters is the guy who is the free agent. Graham Gano. might be switching teams, but the remaining offense will stay intact this offseason, which is great. This is a young team. They have lots of opportunities. I think it's good that they're all staying together. Um, it wasn't until the fourth quarter when Cam connected with his estranged tight end, Greg Olson, for a touchdown, bringing the Panthers within a score. So who's possible but then the Saints scored a touchdown, bringing the lead to 12 points with five minutes left. Christian McCaffrey scored um, his first playoff touchdown, but it wasn't enough. As we all know, the Panthers lost. No surprise. So, I mean, obviously they're going to need some wide receiver help. They have to get wide receivers. Not that Cam Newton would know what to do with that because he's never had that. But they have to find something this offseason. They're going to. I would think they're going to get like a veteran. You know, I think Randall Cobb's available, Mike Wallace. I mean, these aren't, like, huge players anymore. Jordan Matthews. Yes. I know, right? He's up there. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It's so funny. He just seems like one of those guys who's almost 30. It's so crazy. But they need somebody that's kind of a veteran to, like, help that receiving core because these young guys just are not cutting it. So, obviously, the biggest deal for the Panthers is the fact that the team is going to be sold seeing how the owner is under investigation for inappropriate conduct against several female employees. So changes well, are coming. now he's
2: relinquishing. He's selling the team. So who knows? Right. Yeah. So I'm
0: saying they're selling. Is the it going to
2: be P. Diddy? I hope it's P. Diddy. It won't be the Diddy. It's got to be, be amazing. It won't be Diddy. He wants it. It's got to be it's Diddy amazing. or Jay-Z. Because Jay-Z says something about it too.
1: Yeah, but mm. did he didn't even, what do what do you say? Just Carolina? I didn't even know. Like, no, like he was in North Carolina. He said one of the Carolinas. He didn't even know the actual name of the organization.
0: Yeah, I know <laughs> it doesn't matter. It
2: <laughs> well, okay. But do you think any of these guys like are passionate about the game? I would
0: hope, I would hope they so. Did, if you're going to own a did team. They re-sign Rivera for another um, two years, which is great. So that at least the players know that they have their coach. You know, and they
2: should. He's fantastic. Right. He's
0: fantastic. But at least they know that, you know, somebody's not going to come in and bring in all of their people or anything like that. Like they have that. So that's, that's good. All right. Ashley, what about the Saints? Well,
1: obviously the Saints won, which I, I don't know, you ladies, I thought they were going to win. So I, I, I had marked them down for winning this one. Uh, You know, it was a good game. Breeze passed 376 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, It was, again, a close game, 31 to 26. Um, you know, Breeze two touchdowns was an 80 yard touchdown to Ted Gant, who had a really fantastic postseason. I'd like to talk mention, uh, which is really interesting. And I don't know if you ladies had some of these players on your team where they were used in the regular season, but for whatever reason, they just upped the volume come postseason. I think it's because Gen is a veteran, like you're speaking to Courtney. That there's just something about the playoffs and having been there that someone like Breeze has that confidence to throw it to Gen and know he's not going to bobble it in the moment in that spotlight that he's he's been there before and he feels good about it so um and then the other touchdown was the exact opposite to rookie alvin Kamara, uh who ran for a short touchdown so and then also excuse me josh hill had a nine-yard touchdown um yeah michael thomas had a great game 131 yards ted ginn 115 brandon coleman at 44 willie sneed again classic just basically one target because <laughs> that's what he did all season long if he even got targeted at all uh josh hill again touchdown 49 yards um, the running game really couldn't get it going this game, which I thought was really interesting. Ingram um, only had 22 yards rushing, then 13 yards uh, in the air. Kamara rushed 10 times, but only for 23 yards, and then only had 10 yards. They just couldn't get it together, which I was really surprised, but they were still able to pull this victory out.
0: Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Alvin Kamara has to be the best pickup of 2017 fantasy,
2: right? Mm, best draft uh, yeah. pick ever. And do you love the two
1: out of the three running backs for the NFC and the Pro Bowl were Saints? Yeah. I love that. The two out of the three
0: were science. It's great. Have you seen? You guys have to watch um, where Dax and Ellen DeGeneres's like assistant goes to the Super Bowl. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. And there's like this pregame thing where like they get to like throw balls, and the the they have they have remote controls to like fake players that can tackle them or get in their way and their Drew Brees is there. Right. And so one of these tackling bags comes back. It's Drew Brees and totally knocks him on his butt. <laughs> <laughs> but You got to watch it. The whole scene so funny. Drew Brees can't keep his life together with these two. They're like awful. It's just, it's amazing. All right, let's move on to the next round of playoffs. We have the Atlanta Falcons, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think we know what happens in this game. I think we're
2: pretty sure, but I'll tell you what: being pedestrian finally came back to bite them in the bud uh, as they went up against the future world champions. But uh, you know, listen, this is the problem with the Falcons. This was very uh, predictable. They uh, they grind it out sometimes, and other times, it's like wow, what a complete disappointment. Again, Matt Ryan, two hundred and ten yards at a touchdown. Hello, <laughs> I mean, huh we're going to talk later about people that are overpaid and I'm not going to say Matt Ryan is particularly overpaid, but there was a time where he was one of the most paid quarterbacks of all time because it was, his contract was up and I get that, but like 210 yards and a touchdown, I just, it's, it's the playoffs. But anyway, uh, Philly D is great against the run. One of the best Freeman only put up seven yards on 10 carries, but he did fare better actually, uh, with the pass. Um, he got, uh, a, he actually put up uh, five catches for 26 yards and the team's only touchdown, oddly enough, was a catch from Devontae Freeman. So, you know, it was a weird game. Uh, yes. Tevin Coleman actually fared better on the ground. He uh, also had 10 carries, but went for 79 yards. Julio, again, nine catches for 100 y- 101 yards. Uh, Sanu, three catches for 50 yards. Uh, pretty normal. Uh, listen, the Eagles, really good. So there you go. Um that's called hashtag analysis. Eagles are really good. Hashtag destiny. Hashtag destiny That's <laughs> <is> right. <laughs> uh, so as far as the like free agency for this particular team going forward, a lot of people think that, or at least did think that they were going to trade away Tevin Coleman. And now it's looking like they're very set on having both of these backs all the time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because I think Tevin Coleman will continue to be a value. And I actually think Devon or Devontae Freeman's value is going to go down a little bit um, for ADP. They actually might be both good plays for fantasy purposes next year because they will still be together. But don't go out in Dynasty and trade for him thinking he's going to be the lead back somewhere else i don't think that's necessarily going to happen no one else is incredibly relevant except for because we care about kickers matt bryant who's a classic but he's 42 years old this is done still gonna done i mean he is but this might be the end of the road but do watch if you uh play with kickers
0: boom the eagles
1: so this was the game that nick Foles really showed everyone that he's here to play uh, and then we should stop doubting him. In my opinion, this was the game where I felt like, okay, they could do it. They, they could get there. All right. Um, I will admit that I had doubts initially, That I was like, you know what? Okay, Phoebe Fools can win a couple games after Wentz goes out. I just don't know if they're going to get there in the playoffs. Because again, I do think experience in playoffs helps. Now, Grand Foles is a, a pretty vet in terms of when it comes to a backup quarterback. Um, And he has had some success in this league. But for me, I thought this was the game where I think he really showed everybody that they should stop doubting him. Although many still did doubt him. Um, They were underdogs throughout the entire playoffs, despite having the best record of the NFC. So I thought that was really interesting. Foles had several long drives in this game. Um, I'd say most notably of that would be a 74 and 80 yard drives in the second half. Jake Elliott, uh, he had missed a point after, uh, but he redeemed himself, converting three field goals, including drilling a 53-yard field goal at the end of the second quarter, which I believe was the longest of a rookie in a playoff game, if I recall correctly. Uh, And the defense was spot on. Um, They were spot on, helping them pull out the 15-10 victory. So, again, this was kind of a hard-fought game. Again, no one had an insane game. Foles was 246. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Ajayi had 54 yards rushing, 44 yards uh, off the pass. Ashall Jeffries, 61. Nelson Aguilar, 24, but also had 20 yards rushing. Hurts, 32. Blunt had a touchdown, 19 yards. It was just kind of an average game, but I think it, it was one of those games that they kind of proved that they can grind it out, that, they, that they're that they here to play. So um, another good win by the Eagles. On they go to, to the Vikings.
0: On the go. On the go. Tennessee Titans, the New England Patriots. Well, this game was a doozy (laughs) for the Titans. Uh, They started off strong, putting the first points on the board with a 15-yard pass to their future Corey Davis. Um, Then the Titans took a little break from football. (laughs) They didn't need to continue to play that against the Patriots. They scored 35 points in a row Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i think at that point i mean really after this probably point 20 we all knew right i mean the titans have gone as far as they can go you know it's just they had no shot at this they had no shot at this game (laughs) one touchdown and done kind of scenario oh she's muted
1: She muted. There she is. Oh, Oh, I was starting
2: to sing you guys. You missed it. Yes. Oh, I see your true colors shining through. I see your (laughs) true colors. It was and that's why I love Tennessee. (laughs) I mean, seriously, you guys, that was so who the Titans were. Gross. It was expected. It was
1: expected, though. I don't think anybody thought that they had a shot at being the Patriots.
0: No, no. I mean, if you did, I want whatever you're using, right? Because that sounds like a good time. Um, I think for sympathy, the Patriots let the Titans score at the end. Another touchdown to Corey Davis with less than two minutes on the clock. So Mm -hmm. obviously it was just like, let them play. Um, And now Eric Decker is a free agent this year. So I could see the Titans picking up another veteran as well as a wide receiver. We talked about some of those possible big name wide receivers that are available, Um, And Sammy Watkins could even go. Who knows? Maybe they won't franchise tag him and somebody will pay way too much money for him. Titans, like, I think they're the kind of people that would do that. So you never know. Um, They changed up the coaching staff. So hopefully there'll be some more consistency with the Tennessee Titans going forward because God knows. They have everybody they need, you know? Like, it's like they have a decent team. On paper, they do. On paper. It's just like, oof. Really, really depressing to watch. Hmm. All right, the Patriots, Brandon.
2: Mm, Well, also depressing is having to watch the Patriots always march easily into the Super Bowl. And man, the Tennessee Titans did that. Uh, This game had no business being televised and it shouldn't have even taken a space in your brain. It makes me really sad. Um, Mercy rule? I mean, come on. It was just a joke from the get-go and just... I mean, again, Tennessee Titans, way to way to do that big first strike by uh, Brady put <laughs> 39 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. P.S. There was a lot of hoopla. Remember about Tom Brady's hands that he was maybe mm-hmm. not going to play, that it was going to be Brian Hoyer <sighs> and all this drama, drama, drama. Ends so up it was a cut. Uh, but moreover, and what we all should have definitely known is that supposedly it came from running into Rex Burkhead.
1: Yeah. And that he was going to punish Burkhead for it.
2: Oh, did he? Because ha- Burke has barely even on the stat sheet for the playoffs. You guys like, barely even there. So uh, always pay attention. It's not narrative street if it matters. And Bill Belichick, if his running back messes up, he is the person who basically uh, is the OG of the cut off their hands if they fumble the ball. So uh, he has no mercy and he definitely did not show Expert that. To Rex
0: Burke got, got his hands yeah. cut off. Boom.
2: Uh, Dion Lewis, however, uh, carried the ball 15 times for 62 yards, caught nine passes for 79 yards. What's interesting is if you guys remember that her fantasy football show, we talked about this. I kept saying he's actually very good at catching passes on a percentage basis. And I was surprised mm. they didn't use him more like that, and they did use him like that in the playoffs. But again, it doesn't really matter because all touchdowns go to James White in the postseason. All of them. All no of one them. knows why the guy Mr. isn't there postseason. all season. Mm-hmm. Don't draft James White again saying, oh, but this time's different. No, he just comes out in the pro- postseason. I don't have any, like, answers to why, but that is the truth. Um, four carries, 11 yards and it's touchdown. The Patriots
0: have stages of football throughout the year of what they're going to do. And yep. White is – that's when he's useful.
2: And and they plan to, like, they assume they're going to be in the postseason. They assume they're going to be Well, when you football. pay against
0: Titans –
2: Yeah, and you're welcome. It worked out. Also, another guy only shows up in the playoffs, Danny Amendola. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep.
2: 11 passes, 112 yards. Gronk caught six for 81. Hogan, though, only one catch for four yards, but it was a touchdown. And then Brandon Cooks caught three passes for 32 yards. And I'm going to say this from a fantasy perspective. I don't know what to tell you about Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks. I think they're the new Patriots running backs that drive us crazy, but they're receivers. Very frustrating.
0: All right, we'll move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The game was crazy.
1: <laughs> the Jags were like, they were my team throughout the playoffs that I was really, really rude for. I should let that be known, at least from the AFC perspective. Um, the game was certainly better than the matchup they had earlier in the year in which the Jags beat the Steelers by three touchdowns, which I think people thought was just kind of a, a shock. They're like, I don't, that won't happen again. There's no way that could happen again. I predicted the Jags would beat the Steelers, which um, earlier before the pro season, I was like, you know, I think the Steelers could actually get to the Super Bowl. And then I was like, you know what, the Jags, I don't know. I think they, I got this. Uh, and I like to point out the Jags won this game. This, this was definitely a game in which the Steelers, you know, it wasn't like they dropped the ball. The Jags won this game. Ben Roethlisberger had an amazing game. He threw for 469 yards in this game. He set a franchise Nuts. record 5 passing for five touchdowns. Uh, The Jags defense was solid as ever. Ben was intercepted once and he did. They did force a fumble, which was returned for a touchdown. But the Jags defense has been good all year long. This is what was to be expected. And the surrounding players were great. Antonio Brown showed up. He had seven catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell had 155 yards total offense and two scores. It wasn't like their players didn't show up and play. They did. They got not beat. on
2: defense,
1: not on defense, but this offense showed up and they got beat at the end of the day. That's what it was. Uh, and, and running was the name of the game. Leonard Fournette dominated the running game with 109 yards, three touchdowns. TJ Yeldon also played a significant role. He brushed five times for 20 yards and a touchdown and caught three catches for 57 yards. It was a running kind of game, a uh, good clock management. Blake Bortles was 14 of 26 for 214 yards and a touchdown. And then again, he continued his rushing prowess for 35 yards. Um, the receivers really didn't do much in this game. Lee caught 28 yards. Uh, Westbrook had only eight yards. Keelan Cole, 45. Allen Hearns, 12. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot going on from a receiver standpoint. But this was, again, a really solid rush defense, what we were expecting, how Jags have got here in the first place. They played Jag ball and they won. So off they go to the yeah. Patriots. Yep. Yeah.
2: Jag ball. I like that. Well, jag, ball. I guess, yeah, jag ball. Yeah. Jag ball. Who knew. I mean, that's, that's what we want to see. It's a thing. Uh, defense lost this game period and yep. stop. If you let the Jacksonville Jaguars score 45 points on you, you deserve to lose. And there is no other option for you. Sorry. That's how life works. End of discussion. Um, I will uh, say this though: that of course, that means that Todd Haley needed to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, offensive coordinator Todd Haley was fired. Now he is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. This is not about the Cleveland Browns, but I am going to say this real quick: I believe that actually the Cleveland Browns will have more fantasy relevance because of Todd Haley being there. I agree. I, I like Todd Haley. I do too, and I don't think they're. But I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. So I think Hugh Jackson will still get fired, and then this is what um, Todd Haley is going to do. Give me the keys. Give me the keys. Give I think Todd key. Haley is the next. It could be. Uh, it could be uh, coach I do too. I think this is actually intriguing. Same division, also intriguing. But moving on to what happened, the people that balled out, balled out. Okay, Le'Veon Bell, good at football. Uh, Antonio Brown, good at football. Ben Roethlisberger, when um, impassioned is good at football. Uh, I'll say this, though. Vance McDonald, surprisingly, 10 catches for 112 yards. Davis Bryant only caught two catches, but they went for 78 yards and one for a touchdown. Eli Rogers caught five passes for 42 yards. Unfortunately, Juju Smith-Schuster only caught three passes for five yards, uh, but at least one of those passes... But they didn't um, even need it. Everybody else was balling out. They didn't need it. There was so much offense in this game. It was bananas. Um, Le'Veon Bell is obviously the largest free agent story ever and before the game he came out and said that if they franchise tag him again that he's going to sit out the season that he would consider that for sure um i don't think they're going to do that i think they are going to pay him i just think it's absurd there's just and i understand he has some like marijuana issues uh and whatnot but I, i just think this is absurd uh ben roethlisberger is not a free agent but they are looking at refiguring his contract Uh, I will say that Eli Rogers, poor Eli Rogers, actually tore his ACL in the final drive of the game, and he's a restricted free agent. It's the worst possible timing. This year was his last year of his rookie contract. I don't think they really need him there, but I do think he's an interesting guy who could get picked up elsewhere, and I do think that he would be an interesting add for very, very cheap on a dynasty league if you're doing some moving and shaking right now. Um, Chris Boswell is also a free agent. He's a really good kicker, and he's only 26. I do think that they will try to keep him.
0: God, there's so many kickers or free agents. They're all like,
2: yeah, so many free agents. I guess they
0: have short contracts. I like, don't yeah, care
2: that. where Chris Boswell goes, I will stick with Chris Boswell from any sort of fantasy perspective. He's very good. Yeah,
1: yeah. And He'd actually almost be better on a different team because they do so many two point conversions, and, uh, and they're
2: always outside in that cold Steelers. Yeah,
0: but he's a great
1: kicker. Boom. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we have the New Orleans Saints, the Minnesota Vikings.
2: Real quick, we have a listener that actually just gave this amazing story who's listening right now, Jeff Groton? He said that he watched the Saints-Vikes game from Champs in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And he said a third of the place left after the Lutz game kick gave the saints the lead and um, yes. they were brushing their snow off their cars when Diggs and missed it. Touchdown. Yes. <sighs> oh, it's oh, no. So anyway, that go ahead. Sad. Greatest game of playoff history. That wasn't the super bowl in my opinion.
0: Sorry. So good. Oh, such, so a great, good. such a great game. Such a, so fun. Uh, I work with mean, people. But it's Litton. two great teams too. So it's like, I don't know about you ladies, but I kind of went in with like, I don't care who wins because I will enjoy either one winning because there's yeah. so good homey teams that make you feel good. These are the teams. So it was and fun
2: from a fantasy perspective, like we all won yeah. with them on our teams. Yes. Cool.
0: Yeah. And I will say, and, and this could
1: be controversial, but to me, when I watched this game, this was not a game that was lost, right? This was just an amazing game with an amazing play at the end. Um, But again, this was a really good game, and it was back and forth, and the excitement came in the last minute of the game, as Brandon said, and and as as our listeners said as well, as they're scraping off their snow. Oh, they must be so mad at themselves. But Drew Brees drove the Saints into position for Will Lutz, who has been fantastic all year long, to nail the go-ahead 43-yard field goal. Uh, This left the Vikings with only 25 seconds to see if they could answer. And the momentum was on the side of the Saints, who had rallied, from a 17-point deficit. So to me, I didn't think the Vikings were to pull it off because, again, the momentum was certainly in the Saints' favor at this point in time. The Vikings were out of timeouts. They needed a miracle. And you got Case Keenum, who nobody's going to sit there and think is going to deliver a-, a miracle for you. They don't, but he dropped back with 10 seconds left in in the game uh, from his own 39-yard line, and then he threw to the sideline to Diggs, again, trying to preserve time, hoping Diggs would go out. But Diggs, he was nearly tackled by two different players, um, kept his feet in bounds and raced untouched to the end zone for the most insane, awesome playoff play. It was I felt the energy here in Colorado and I have a lot of friends and where people in Minnesota and I was just like losing it. Like they have to be out of their mind right now. It was just, I mean, it was such, it was amazing. Miracle accomplished. It just, and it, and it kind of gave you that, that feel. I felt like the Eagles for me, the Eagles, the Jags, and uh, the Vikings just had that vibe about them where you're just like, something is just like in the air for these teams, you know, and this, and it was just that feeling was still that they were destined to do well. Um, It was just awesome. But in terms of, for the saints, you know, again, they had a good game breeze, 294 yards, three touchdowns, he had two interceptions, but again, decent, still decent. Camara 43 yards, 62 yards in the air and a touchdown. Thomas had 85 yards and two touchdowns. Ginn at 72 yards. Uh, Ingram, 25 yards. So he didn't have the best game. Uh, I mean, they all had good games and I want to say Josh Hill had three catches for 54 yards. Um, so that brings me to the free agents for this team. Cause again, we're talking about free agents once the team gets booted. So we all know Drew Brees is a free agent mm-hmm. age 39. Um, no one really expects that Drew Brees is going to leave. I don't think, I mean, I think everyone's going to think he's going to sign about a two year deal. Brees says he has no intention to test the free agency market. And then he wants to resign with the Saints before the start of the year. Um, and this is a quote from him. I'm not in the mood to make anything secretive. It's the same way I felt two days ago. It's the same way I felt 12 years ago that this is um that is that I'll be here as long as they'll have me, hopefully. Um, so he cannot be franchise tagged, I will say, but I think they're going to work out a deal. Um, and I think the main goal will be again just some guaranteed money for him, and you know they should work out a deal for him. It's great. The only other free agents on this team is John Kuhn, fullback, thirty-five, who's also another really intriguing fullback that seems to just kind of bounce from team to team and seems to help out in random moments. But and then a lot of defensive players. Um,
0: so Kobe Kuhn Fleer. Tolbert, they're both so old. We're gonna might lose them. Like those are the guys I that know they've screw been like six, over at the at the goal line every the, time. Yeah. What will we do? They've been mainstays, you know? Yeah.
1: But seriously.
0: Kobe Flaner is highly,
1: highly unlikely Kobe Flaner is going to return to the Saints uh, on his current deal. Uh, And why would they? Because Josh Hill has been clearly better. And he played a really big role in the playoffs. So I think that all sealed the deal there that that's over with. And then I want to give obviously the shout out to Alvin Kamara, who was named 2017 rookie of the year uh, for offense. And then Marshawn, La- sorry, rookie of the year. And then Marshawn Lattimore, 2017 defensive rookie of the year, who had a fantastic season as well. Um, this was just an awesome team who got beat on a miracle play. And it was a great game. And it was really fun to watch. So I do want
2: to say one thing, though. I actually figured out that I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to win when Tom Brady won the MVP. Have you noticed over the last few years when the quarterback runs the MVP? They never win the, the Super Bowl, Bowl. They don't win the Super Bowl? Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. No one's ever won the Super Bowl who's won the MVP of the year. Literally none? Uh-huh. No wow. one's so They should done. just. And they should
1: just continue to give Tom Brady MVP. Yes, yeah. every year. And if Alabama,
0: if Alabama wins, then the Patriots don't win in the Super Bowl. And that happened, too. That's so It's all they've ever they, – Both coaches Mm. have never won in the same year. So that is interesting. It was destiny for the Patriots not to win. Have we ever seen them in the same room? (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're friends. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's like the Belichick of college football. I know. I know. I
2: know. Yeah. No, I was just kidding. I was making a joke, but I was like, let's take this a step further. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. We should have some Law and Order music.
0: No, seriously, when we talk about the Patriots, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh anyway, well, sorry, the Vikings. Yeah, again, I already covered the the entire game, and you know, obviously, uh, the Vikings move on, and it was a great game. So perfect.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the championship round with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New England Patriots. Oh, they were so close.
1: This is the write-up where Patriot fans may feel like I'm being unfair. And that's fair because I'm usually unfair (laughs) when it comes to Patriots uh, games. So I'm sorry, Um, but I have the Jags and they play the Patriots. So we're going to talk about the Jags here first. Uh, The Jags led the game early 2010, which again is not actually uncommon in recent years when it comes to Patriots in the playoffs in terms of teams taking a little bit of a lead on the Patriots. Not uncommon. They usually come back. They're never worried about it. Um, But again, early in the fourth quarter, the score was 2010 but they couldn't maintain their lead throughout the whole game. Um, the defending champions ultimately, um, won and they lost the Patriots. So there was naturally some controversies I would say in this game in which pretty much no penalties were called on the Patriots because apparently the Patriots commit absolutely no penalties ever at any point in time. Um, the refs blew a fumble down on the Jags early that they had run back for a touchdown. Uh, cooks betted from a pretty ridiculous pass interference call from AJ Bowie. Uh, you know, the usual sway in, in Patriot games. But at the end of the day, the Pats pulled it out uh, with strong performances from, as Brian mentioned, Mr. Playoffs, James White and Amendola. Uh, Borles did, you know, he held his own in this game and, he, you know, he threw some pretty dead on passes, which I was actually surprised. Some really nice passes down the sideline. Um, they just couldn't pull it out. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they just couldn't do it. Um, but I do feel like they should have won this game personally. I don't know what you ladies felt, but that's what I felt when I saw this. So when it comes to the free agents on this team, the free agents are Chad Henney, interesting quarterback situation we have in this team, Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson. So you've got two pretty big wide receivers here on this team that are in free agency. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Blake Bortles this season and in the offseason, and this is no different. So I'm talking a little about the contract here because this is important. Bortles fifth year option is only guaranteed for injury. So Jacksonville could move on from him without any um, hits to their cap in theory, like literally has zero cap impact if they were to to move on from Blake Bortles. Um, But Bortles has surgery on his right wrist after the season ended. He has been battling this wrist injury since 2016. So this isn't exactly like some magical injury that just popped up at the end of the season. So but he did have the surgery, which means, uh-oh, we've got that in- injury clause and that contract right there on their hands, which essentially locks the Jags to have to continue with Bortles and essentially commit to him as their quarterback. In order Amazing. for the Jags to have options, Bortles will have to pass a physical before March 14th, which is highly unlikely having just had surgery on his wrist. If he doesn't pass the physical, then Bortles is due $19 million.
2: Good, he earned it. He did. he did.
1: I agree. He did earn it. But it's interesting because again, there's been all this chatter and all this talk and people talking about Kirk Cousins should go to, uh, you know, the Bills or Eli Manning should go is a huge one. They've been saying sorry to the Jags because obviously Tom Coughlin. And I kind of took offense to that. I'm like, you know what. Blake Bortles just took you to the AFC championship game. You see the best quarterback in football. No, no one's going to argue that Blake Bortles is the best quarterback in football, but I don't think he gave you any reason to necessarily move on from him this year. Uh, He did have the surgery. They have said, commit and say that Bortles is their guy. But again, who knows when that chatter is going to start, but they've kind of been forced to say Bortles is their guy because of this injury clause in the fifth year that essentially they know he's not going to pass that physical. So it is what it is. So, that's a pretty big one. Uh, the Jags could release Alan Hearns this offseason. If they release Hearns, they would free up 7 million in cap space. Hearns had missed 11 games due to injury uh, in the last two seasons. But with that said, he actually played a lot once he returned in the playoffs with DD Westbrook taking a bit of a back seat, which I found really interesting. Now this could have really just been an audition, an audition reel for other teams. <laughs> um, so I think they'll probably move on from Alan Hearns, but he's an interesting play. So Keep an eye on him because when he does play, he's actually pretty decent. He's pretty good. So I'm okay with that. And then it's also not expected that the Jags will re-sign Marquise Lee. They will more than likely opt to sign Allen Robinson overly. They aren't going to probably sign both. And Chris Ivory is also expected to be released. Uh, It seems pretty clear mid-season that there was a shift to TJ Yeldon. And they also have Grant in the mix, obviously, to back up Leonard Fournette. So they're not going to have a need for Chris Ivory. So he will also more than likely be gone
0: big switch up in the jacksonville jaguars which is good which is yeah. good i think it's what they need because they have their key players i think it's good to like switch out those supporting cast yeah. members yeah. all right brandon what about the patriots
2: i hope marquise lee goes to the chicago bears mm, be i mean i don't like him, huh? Uh,
0: (laughs) judgy i was gonna say uh if you are
2: not following them right now on twitter you need to it is at bortles facts and at bortles facts they tweet uh blake bortles facts and um some of them are like very uh funny like this one here which they've actually put on a mug (laughs) that they now sell which is blake bortles is undefeated in 194 countries (laughs) (laughs)
0: Or between Blake Bortles Uh, and Tom Brady, they have five championships or five Super (laughs) Bowls.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, one of the the interesting Blake Bortles facts, though, that I want to just add on to Ashley's point here: Blake Bortles has zero interceptions in the playoffs.
1: He did it really well. He did. He He did did really very well, well,
2: and I think he very much earned some respect from that organization. And I hope that moves And I hope.
1: I hope he truly gets it, and it isn't just because of the injury clause, essentially.
2: Yeah. I say so. Time, time will tell. Hard to ignore what happened there, but you know what? Alex Smith is now in Washington. So who you know what, what happened? He has
1: slightly more
2: respect than Tyrod Taylor. So that's something. Oh, always more than Tyrod Taylor. Poor Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. That. Uh, all right. So new England Patriots who always have respect all the time. Uh, you know, if you are 20, if you're ahead 2010 against the Patriots going into the fourth quarter, you do not have a lead. And this is just a public nope. service announcement. You just don't no. have a lead. You're actually tied at best at that score. OK, uh, so of course, you know, Tom Brady threw for 290 yards, two touchdowns, Danny Mandola, obviously baller, like we said, James White, baller, like we said, it's just ridiculous. The big thing that happened here is that Rob Gronkowski got uh, a concussion early in the game. He only caught one pass of 21 yards, had to leave in the second quarter, uh, did not come back and barely got cleared out of concussion uh, after two weeks. That was the second concussion of the season. Now, on one hand, we watched. Uh, Tom versus time, which we discussed on our last podcast when it was just me and Ashley. And so we know that Rob Gronkowski is a little more into nutrition and taking care of himself than maybe we had at first suspected. So that's a good thing. This concussion thing is different. Now we are going to have Stefania Bell, friend of the show ESPN uh, sports injury analyst, amazingness. Uh, She's going to be on the show and I think we have to definitely pick her brain on this. I'm a little worried about the concussion thing. I think this was uh, a long time to get cleared for a concussion. And again, we've seen a lot of those. That was really the big story here. They went on to the Super Bowl.
0: I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it was a long time to get cleared for it because the Patriots made it a long time to get cleared for it. Just like Mm -hmm. Brady hurting his hand or like being questionable because of of a shoulder injury Mm -hmm. and you like see it on um, Tom versus time. He's like, I'm oh, okay. I mean, uh, my shoulders sore. It's like, mm-hmm.
2: Oh, and I <laughs> forgot one big thing. Another mm-hmm. thing that we should have known forecasting Dion Lewis fumbled in this game. Yeah. So of course the next game, he sucks. I just want to put that out there. Oh, yeah.
1: With a Belichick fumbles. you you
2: fumbles and breaking Tom Brady. Can't do those two things. Can't as a do it. Back. Turns out. Can't do it. Not okay. Mm.
1: Uh, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles then. Hmm? Cause this Please. game um, was a surprising beatdown. down. I did not see this game coming at all. Um, this was actually the toughest game for me to call as to who I thought was going to win. Like I really struggled going back and forth. I did ultimately choose the Vikings. And so I was wrong here and boy, was I ever uh, the final score was 38, seven obviously with Philly winning. So I, uh, Again, I don't think anyone saw that coming. The Vikings, uh, they started really strong uh, with a touchdown to Rudolph on an opening 75-yard drive. Like It looked strong when it started, but then it got ugly. Oof, that was the last time they were going to score. Um, Case Keenum didn't have a, a horrible game, not a great game. 271 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. He rushed 10 times for 40 yards, and then he caught 11 of his 12 targets. So he was very heavily used for 86 yards. Latavius Murray rushed six times, 18 yards. He didn't have a very strong um, postseason. Murray kind of did a little bit better. Stephon Diggs, 8 of 12 for 70. Thielen, uh, he was kind of questionable to play in this game. Wasn't really his game. 3 of 9 for 28. Uh, Jarvis Wright was actually used a decent amount, which was interesting in the playoffs. He had 51 yards. And then Rudolph, obviously, 25 yard touchdown. Um, Yeah, it was just kind of a really sad, sad, sad beatdown, which will lead us to our free agents, because, again, the free agents get interesting, I think, on this team, in my opinion. Free agents are Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater. We've known this all year long. We've talked about how the Vikings have the trifecta with no actual quarterback locked up. What they're going to do, you know, Bradford's 30, Case Keenum's 29, Teddy Bridgewater's 26, you also have Michael Floyd, wide receiver, 28. So he's a vet on a free agency. Jerick McKinnon is a free agent this year at 25, running back. Bishop Sankey, I just have to mention him because i it's Bishop Sankey, um, 25, free agent. He will not be back. Uh, and then Kai Forbath, a little shout-out for Corny and the Kickers again. He's age 30 and a free agent because apparently a lot of teams are free agents this year. Um So the Vikings have difficult and huge decisions to make a quarterback, obviously, first and foremost, being as all three of the current quarterbacks uh, are headed to free agency. Now, Bridgewater says that he sees himself as a starter in the league in 2018, which is interesting Hmm. because being as he's only attempted two passes since 2015, and I do feel bad because I love Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I hope he does well, but that's just really—it's—it's it's interesting to me. Now, in an interesting news for Bridgewater situation, Vikings GM Rick Spielman admitted that there's remains uncertainty whether Teddy Bridgewater's contract will toll for 2018, which would reject him for free agency this year. Now, for those who do not understand what uh, that really means, well, in the CBA. It states that a player in the final year of his deal will have his contract toll another year if he spends the first six games of the year on PUP. Bridgewater spent the first six games of the year on the PUP. So Vikings GM Spielman said right now he's technically ready to become a free agent, but with the tolling, it's not a Vikings decision. It's an NFL and player union issue that will ha- they will have to decide on. So the best case scenario for the Vikings is that Bridgewater's contract does toll because then he's not actually a free agent. So, Spielman is sitting there putting that out there as if he is not, uh, it's not up to him, but I know naturally that's kind of the ideal situation for them. No real wear has been given on Sam Bradford, but some think that he could land in either Arizona or Buffalo. And as for Case Keenum, it's complicated. According to Case Keenum, the Vikings have given no indication whether they will be interested in re-signing him. Coach Mike Zimmer at the end of the year press conference would not commit to re-signing Case Keenum. Uh, when asked if Keenum deserved to be the team starter next year, all Zimmerman, I'm sorry, our Zimmer could muster was we're going to work through the process. Um, so there's been some uh, chatter about what the Vikings? Will there
2: franchise. is a 0% chance that case cams a starter. They wouldn't even commit to him for this season, no matter what he did.
1: It's I know it's so insane, but then, here's the funny part is there's chatter about the Vikings franchise tagging Kingdom. Um, this is a bit hard for me to imagine, but I could see them you get played a lot with that to a short term deal for a year or two. The question is whether he wants only a two year long deal. I don't think so at his age Um, being as he's almost 30. um, I don't know. I think whatever happens, he should be due for at least a hefty pay increase. The guy doesn't get paid much. So it's really, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Now, Jack McKinnon has said he preferred to be the featured back and which I, would think would make his return to minnesota not likely as uh (laughs) we have cook who will be back next year dalvin cook um according to roto world possible landing spots for jarek mckinnon could be the bucks jets raiders lions uh or the giants so i mean mckinnon did well i get it but dalvin cook's their future you know i get you know mckinnon's also fairly young but Mm-mm. uh cook does does not have a timeline to resume football activities but in good news he has been jogging uh if we look at uh that on the grander scale right in terms it seems that he's on track to return for the 2018 season probably won't be ready by otas there's a chance to be ready by training camp he should be good for the season opener on to philly uh as we know again this the eagles uh Got burned on the opening drive, but that really didn't happen again, and that was it. And then it was pretty much just an offensive clinic put on by the Eagles uh, in this game against a very, very tough Vikings defense. And Foles really shined, I will say. This was, uh, I think for me, this solidified the moment when I said, okay, the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. They are going to beat the Patriots. Um, so again, Foles, three touchdowns, 352 yards. Jeffrey, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Ajayi. Uh, not a great game, Seventy, okay, 73 yards rushing, 26 yards in the air, blunt, uh, 21 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they just, URT's 93 yards. I mean, they just were really putting on an offensive clinic against a very good team. And, you know, the Eagles' defense was also stellar. They did their part. Uh, defensive end Chris Lawn forced a fumble from Keenum as he was trying to throw to Thielen, and Patrick Robinson picked it up and ran for a 50-yard touchdown. I mean, it was just a landslide. And to me, it it gave probably them the confidence that could be the patriots and i think uh and certainly it was when i put in my vote that they were going to take it all
2: it was very smart i i just so hard for me to be optimistic against patriots yeah i just you know and listen i if you're a patriots fan out there we don't hate the patriots it's just that you know it's like if you're not a patriots fan you're like could Can we get some variety up in here? Like, I mean, you know, it's just it's kind of like, you know, here they are again. Uh, But you know what? Uh, From a fantasy perspective, uh, there were some very interesting things that happened. We are on to the Super Bowl, which obviously was the Eagles versus the Patriots. Uh, They were in Minnesota, which was, you know, odd because there was a weird uh, Philly, Minnesota strife after that game. Mm -hmm. That was a blowout where the Eagles fans were not very nice to the Minnesota Vikings fans. And Minnesota Vikings, like, they're from Minnesota. They're all about being Minnesota nice. It's kind of the jam. And then the Eagles are the opposite of that. They're known for being rowdy even when they're not winning. So when they're winning, they're like, ah! And I get it. You know, they're, like, going out of their minds. Good for you. Good for you, Eagles. Uh, This particular game, the Patriots came out assuming they were going to win the game. It was very clear, actually, if you watch the, 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 the warm ups, like everything that was happening made me feel worse. They were just so confident um, and they were just so composed, just like, yeah, we're going to win. And not in like the confident, I have a vision board, you know, kind of way, but in the like, I'm going to get this job because my qualifications are off the charts. So this interview is just routine we 've all made that mistake it 's not routine. you still got to do the interview and if you don 't then you 're not going to get the job and This job was being the world champions, so it didn 't work out for them. Um, Tom Brady had the most yardage of any quarterback in a super Bowl ever and and one of the most uh, passing yards out of any quarterback performance ever period yeah. five hundred and five yards, three touchdowns but he lost a fumble, and that was key to the game. Um, or at least, you know, it was something that that we all think about. We also all think about him not catching that pass. And we touched on it earlier in this show. I kind of feel bad that that's what he's going to be known for because that's not exactly a skill set he needs to have. No, no. But since Nick Foles did it on the next series and it was a touchdown, it made him look worse. Really you does. know Tom Brady is sitting there at home just running through that over and over oh, and over again. Oh, for sure. What made the least amount of sense, though, and this was the difference between, again, the Eagles had one of the best called games that I've seen in the National Football League. And you know what? Some of their risks didn't work out. And some people were like, see, he was playing, uh, calling a good game, and now he sucks. I disagree. I think it was amazing throughout. It's just that sometimes when you take risks, they don't all work out. But when you have your quarterback attempt to catch a pass, which, by the way, Nick Foles is much more um, – qualified to do that because he used to be a basketball player. He has better hands in general. This is just a completely different thing for him. But you do it in the end zone. They had Tom Brady running like, you know, in the middle of the field.
1: And it wasn't a great pass. You know, I mean what's
2: great about the play. It it was off the fingertips. It would have been
1: a great catch for a receiver to be able to bring it. And it wasn't like it, you know well, a receiver would have caught it no
2: problem. But for a quarterback it needs to be on the numbers. You're right. Yeah. It was just uh ill conceived and i don't blame tom brady for that so i and i'm not a tom brady apologist at all but i'm saying like to me it's a little unfortunate that he really did everything he could to stop them um james white again rushing touchdown the only rushing touchdown Waited game seven carries for 45 yards Dion lewis was invisible nine carries for 39 yards obviously they plan to also not run the ball a lot because the philly d is very good at against the run Um, these three wide receivers though went bananas because Tom Brady had over 500 passing yards Danny Amendola again 152 yards on eight passes or eight catches Um, Chris Hogan six catches for 128 yards and a touchdown and then Rob Gronkowski caught nine passes for 116 yards and two touchdowns Um, and of course in the biggest game of Tom Brady's career basically Brandon Cooks had one catch for 23 yards. I don't know what to do with him again. You guys from a fantasy perspective, I think one of the biggest stories that no one's talking about in the playoffs is Brandon Cooks's performance. It was incredibly up and down and we cannot trust him as a number 1 wide receiver moving forward. You're going to feel good if got, you get him as a bargain in that game, you know. Yeah, absolutely, but you're but you're going to you're going to see the playoff games, yeah. All of it though was up and down. So, I I think I think this is a weird thing that we need to watch. If they don't develop a chemistry, I'm just having a difficult time putting high because people are still putting him ADP up with a wide receiver. One, maybe top of the wide receiver twos. I don't, I don't see that from a volume perspective. I don't know how that's possible. We still (coughs) have free agency. We still have the draft. Don't get me wrong. um, But I, I just want to draw some attention to that.
1: And you'll Um, have Edelman coming back. I
2: will say I couldn't. It, it, I was
1: confused, and this is gonna sound terrible, but I'm like, why is nobody literally white on rice on the little awkward white receivers? Because that is his specialty. I mean, literally come playoffs, whether it's Edelman, whether it's Welker, whether it's Amandola, that is who they go to. That is who they use, is who they were using all playoff season, you know? And I'm just like, how do you let Amandola get 152 yards?
2: Tom Brady's A dot has never how, been high. Okay, like he he throws short passes. That's to what he solid, does. So, like solid possession receivers. They all yep are kind of pretty boys that look the same over the last few years. So yeah, Amendola, yeah. Edelman, uh, Edelman. Welker—they're all kind of the same guy. Um, but yeah, they're the number one receiver all the time on the team. Um, but I don't know what to do with Brandon Cooks moving forward. And I don't know what to do with Chris Hogan because he doesn't quite fit that either. He it's doesn't. going to be very intriguing when Edelman comes back. This whole team is going to change. It changes every year for the Patriots. And that's why you have to keep your head on a swivel with these guys. And it's also why I don't invest in them in from a dynasty perspective, except for Gronk. I do invest in Gronk. and I have. Um, so that, that makes sense. I thought this was a really fun Super Bowl. We'll touch on this in a minute. Except for the snooze fest of a halftime show, in my opinion. And I actually <laughs> liked Justin Timberlake, but I just thought it was boring. I was like, okay, where, where's Missy Elliott? That was my question. Like, bring out a guest. Uh, or have something uh, blow up or come out on a robot. Like, something. Or jump off the top of the stadium like Lady Gaga. Do something that'll make me go, oh, my gosh. But instead, it was like, okay.
1: right? I thought it and- was okay. It was fine. I okay. mean...
2: Speaking of the Super Bowl, though, and speaking of free agency, because obviously it's the end of the season for both these teams, um, Bill Belichick decided to put his foot down on Malcolm Butler and the guy who played in 97.8% of the defensive snaps, uh, the highest out of all defensive players on the year, uh, was not on the field. He was only on the field for special teams. Uh, Now, there was a rumor that he had stayed out late uh, due to curfew, but he adamantly denies that, said that was not the case. Uh, He was incredibly upset by this benching, didn't know what happened, and he actually posted this big, long thing on Instagram. And then Tom Brady, of all people, A, liked it, B, Mm -hmm. responded with, Love you, Malcolm. You're an incredible player and teammate and friend. Always. Three exclamation points. (sighs) I think that sitting Malcolm Butler, although he hadn't, he didn't have this fantastic season, but he was a Super Bowl hero uh, for them on numerous occasions, um, was a huge misstep for the greatest coach of all time. And I don't know what happened here. Um, very weird. Also- it was odd. Yeah,
1: because what I heard was that he didn't have a great – he was injured coming into the game and then didn't have a good – practice week. And so they said it was a football decision. That's what I Belichick had always said this was this was a football decision. This isn't him being punished or penalized or breaking anything. So I don't know where the curfew thing came from either because I thought they made that pretty clear that no, this is a football decision. Um but I agree when you've got somebody that has seemed to just been able to make something happen in big moments in the Super Bowl, I don't know how you don't play them, especially because their corners while doing okay weren't great. I mean I'm sure they're sitting there thinking, okay, Butler was injured, didn't participate in the in very well during the practice week. We need to stick with the guys that have been part of the game plan because, you know, again, they are a system. This is a systematic team. And they, you know, they didn't want to throw a random outlier into the mix, but to not play them at all, just in specialties, it was a very, very weird choice. Very weird choice.
2: Well, but, but again, it's one thing to say I'm going to have you share time with people. You didn't play him at all on defense, and he was in 97.8% of your defensive yeah. plays for the rest of the season. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I, there is no justification here. He's going to walk in free agency. It is very weird, and, and it is something of note because they lost this game because their defense could not control Nick Foles. You could take that as you want. I take that as insane. And I think part of the problem was because they sat Malcolm Butler at bare minimum. He's like a pillar in that defense and he's a rock. He's there all the time. So people know where he's going to be on the field. There is a continuity issue there and they just didn't address that. Uh, Dion Lewis is also going to be a free agent. Uh, reportedly he is not in talks with the Patriots for uh, coming back. Uh, He had 896 rushing yards, nine total touchdowns on the season. He's a very good player. I know he had that one fumble and wasn't visible in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl because of it, the Mm -hmm. fumble that he had in the championship game. Um, But I think he's a very interesting player. If he goes somewhere else, he was very good, not only with running the ball, but again, with the pass, better than you think. So keep an eye on where Dion Lewis is going to end up. Um, And also Danny Amendola caught 26 passes for 348 yards, two touchdowns. He will be a free agent. I think he'll be back with the Pats because he doesn't do anything during the regular season. He's so specific to the Patriots. I think they'll probably bring him back.
1: I agree. Again, insane that there wasn't more coverage on him. Insane. First of all, I want to start my talk about the the Eagles. Excuse me. Um, A, congrats, obviously. Huge win. Great game. Um, one of the more most entertaining Super Bowls I've ever watched, certainly. Uh, but first I want to talk about when the Eagles had their walkthrough uh, mm-hmm. at U.S. Bank Stadium, which was after the Patriots had their walkthrough, it has been basically confirmed by multiple players on the team. The Eagles did a fake walkthrough using plays that were not in their playbooks because of their distrust of the Patriots and their Spygate past. I find this hilarious and incredibly smart at the same time where there's smoke, there's fire. Am I right? Eagles smart move. I love it. Who knows what would happen, but I love that they actually didn't even do their walkthrough because it wasn't worth risking it for them. That there was a chance someone would be recording it. Genius.
2: I think it's so good, but they did have the Nick Foles play. So what they said is that the only play that they practiced that they used was the one with Nick Foles going into the end zone. And you have that someone was recording it and actually did a snap chat being like, Oh yeah, but that happens. And it was the exact. And same. it did,
1: it did happen. So, I mean, just, just amazing. Just amazing. Uh, so, you know, in a game that many people did not give them a chance, uh, the Eagles pulled out the victory with a score of the score forty one thirty three. 41, 33 and Foles, who, again, as I said, I admittedly doubted when, when, Wentz got hurt, he completed 28 of 43 passes for 373 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and then, as we said, Foles also caught a second-quarter touchdown from his tight end, Trey Burton, who actually also had used to play quarterback uh, back in the day. So unlike Tom Brady, who dropped his catch, Foles did catch his, which I do think is unfair that we are sitting there ragging on Tom Brady. But, you know, it's just awesome. I think Foles is the only person to have thrown and caught for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So, again, yes, huge true. congrats to you, Foles. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, but this put the Eagles up by 10 before the half. Now... This was something where I was about to lose my mind because uh, I'm sure you were having similar conversations, Brandon, um, at your house. I know I was having my husband where, like Brandon said earlier in the show, <clears throat> the Eagles being up by 10 at halftime, you're not up.
2: You're nope. not up. You're tied. Um,
1: and so so many teams, they let up. They let up. They go to prevent defense. They, they, they lose their clock management. I mean, they just do so many things that are wrong. Uh, and I got really nervous when the Eagles came out because I was like, oh, they're doing everything that they're not supposed to do because I loved the aggressive play calling that was initially happening. And then they kind of let off the pedal a little bit in the third quarter, but then they brought it back to the fourth and that's when things got, you know, interesting again. Um, I loved the play calls. I loved how aggressive they were. I love they went for fourth down because they should, why shouldn't they, you need Maybe. to do those things. It's a um, Bowl. This is it. This is it. Do it. And this is what you've been doing all season long. So why would you change that? So I, I loved, I loved that. Um, Foles had a nearly perfect game. Uh, with the one interception uh, that he threw, which was really not his not fault, his fault. I mean, Alshon no. Jeffrey batted the ball up. Uh, it, wasn't know, it wasn't was his fault up. either. He was it trying to get it.
2: I mean, it was, yeah, the receiver
1: just batted yeah. the ball down. If you can't get it, it's just the way he had his hand. It batted up. Um, Jerron Harmon caught you know caught it inside the you know New England five yard line. Um, but that was really the only like. You know flaw for him in the entire thing. The Garrett Blunt, as expected, in an ultimate revenge game, uh, played a significant role with 14 carries for 90 yards. He did great. Corey Clement caught four passes for 100 yards and one touchdown. We uh, loved also, him. We loved him. We thought he was going to have a good game. Uh, Agalor again, 84 yards. Jeffrey 73 yards and score. Zach Ertz touchdown, 67 yards. Again, this was just such an offensive packed game. Uh, it was amazing. Now. The game was not shy of its controversies, of course, with Corey Clement's catch for a touchdown. That one, I was like, okay, I can see you know a little bit here and there. And then there was Zach Ertz' touchdown, which I would like to say I do not think there should be any controversy around this.
2: He I didn't clearly, think there was controversy. He was, clearly, he was a clearly a runner. He was clearly
1: yeah. a runner. He was clearly a runner. This is not the same as the Jesse James catch. It just wasn't. Period. And a discussion. There is not controversy here. So I'm really glad that call stayed because if it hadn't stayed, I would have lost my mind. So anarchy. Seriously, uh, this game, as we said, was a record-setting offensive shootout. And no, the Patriots did not lose the game. The Eagles just outright won it. And a the discussion they did. It was a great game. Again, fly Eagles, fly. Congrats. Now onto the free agents. Got some interesting ones: Darren Sproles, LeGarrette Blunt, Trey Burton, and Caleb Sturgis are the free agents. Is others but these are obviously the fancy relevant ones of note now Carson Wentz we'll talk about him for a little bit second here he is hopeful he'll be ready for week one after tearing his LCL and ACL uh but it could very well come down to the wire on this one um you know it's it's a projected nine to 12 month recovery timetable um so I think he will be back by uh certainly I think week one but you know Tough to say. Uh, I do not think it is likely that Blunt will be an Eagle next year with just how many running backs they have on their roster. I'm just not sure they'll sign Blunt. Uh, and Ian Rappaport uh, reported that Darren Sprouls is leaning towards returning, not necessarily the Eagles, but to the NFL uh, for the 2018 season. But again, I think it's unlikely that he lands with the Eagles again because of how. Um, deepest running back um the depth is there Corey Clement fills the role of Darren Sproles and he's much younger than Sproles uh who will be you know Sproles will be 35 and he's returning from an ACL tear so I just don't see a scenario where they bring back Sproles when you've got Clement who's who just really did well the end of the season but Trey Burton uh obviously the tight end who has come in either when Zach was hurt or playing kind of that secondary role uh he's unlikely to return um and it should be, in my opinion, a team, a guy that teams take a good long look at. Agreed. I think Trey Burton is really talented. And I think he just so happens to be on a team with Zach Ertz. And I think he could go to a different team and be a top 10 tight end next year. So keep your eye on where he lands. Now, obviously, you need to make sure that where he lands is a tight end friendly team. Um, but he's really talented. He's really talented. So I'm I'm pretty my happy bold about prediction. Him.
2: I think Trey Burton and Jake Butt are top 10 tight ends next year.
1: Interesting. Going with the Bronco.
2: The Broncos it. love Jake Butt. They just couldn't get they him do, off of They the do injury. love Jake Butt. But-, but they knew that. They knew they were cashing in that first year when they drafted him yeah. so low.
1: They yeah. still did. That's okay. But yeah. I think Trey Burton absolutely could be a top 10 tight end next year. I think he's, I he's really – there's something special about him. So Agreed. Love Trey yeah. Burton.
2: Well, we have uh, a couple of random things. Uh, We had uh, one of our listeners here uh, live bring up Ruben Foster. Yes, arrested again. Domestic abuse suspected. Thank you, Bob. Bob Zelenka brought it up. Uh, We actually just said that before the show. It's not really fantasy relevant, but get it together, guys. Wow. Uh, I think we need to count him out. Jimmy Garoppolo is now the richest man ever. Uh, Our friend Mike over at the Fantasy Footballers said that he was paid handsomely which oh my gosh can disagree with that ashley's raging raging
1: um, raging raging
2: ashley go ahead and do a diatribe <laughs> real quick we no no i'll
1: let you finish and then i'll do no, it. no
2: no go ahead i'm done i mean it's just I, like, he's, he's the guy it is
1: lunacy that he is the highest played nfl player in history lunacy it is it blows my mind and i hope that the Niners get their comeuppance for it because this is so ludicrous. It is so crazy <laughs> to pay somebody who you have such little game footage on. Yes, he's coming in. He's won. Yes, he improved your organization. Is he worth being paid the most, the highest paid player in NFL history? No, no. There is no argument you can make to me that would justify that he should be the highest played pl- player in NFL history, period. End of discussion. I, oh, come on. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, it is so insane. It's funny. I I saw the, you know, the notice hit my phone and I don't know what my deal was. I spent the entire day just sending like random tweets to my text to my husband being like, this is crazy. I can't believe this. Like every hour I would just like rage for no reason. I was so angry about (laughs) the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. I just, I couldn't believe it because what it also does is it's going to put the Kirk Cousins deal in crazy land. Crazy land, you know, and it should. I mean, I if don't he think gets paid Kirk less than
2: Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo, that is insane. So. I don't think it's going to happen. You think he's going to get paid less than Jimmy Garoppolo? I do. And you think that is justified? I didn't say that, but I, I think that someone's going to sign him to a shorter contract, and I think he's going to take a little less money to be on a really good team. I just, I can't, I can't even, Jimmy but I could be wrong. Listen, everyone else I thinks can. he's going to make more money. So I'm, I'm alone on this. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Kirk cousins we're always on the watch. Nothing has really developed since the last show. We're about it. The only other thing we're going to say is that this show, as everyone knows, we are all born and raised Broncos fans. We all live in Denver or lived in Denver, at least for me. Um, we're legit. And so we were zero percent surprised with the Josh McDaniels Snefu. Is that zero. what we're gonna follow? Zero. Zero oh percent gosh. surprise. And like, and don't get at me and be like, it's been a long time. No, he is who he is. And I think that was made incredibly clear. Ashley, do you have any um words of wisdom to add to that real quick before we get out on the show? Cause uh I'm just saying for us personally. We know exactly again. This guy is why John Elway works for us now because John Elway was so disgusted by what Josh McDaniels was doing to our organization. But by all means, Ashley, words I'd love to hear it.
1: You know, I'm actually gonna take a softer approach on this, which I think you'll be surprised with. Oh, okay. oh, um, I mean, I think <laughs> I guess I find it appalling of the Patriots organization to even put him in that situation, to sit there after he's accepted a deal and then come to him and say, this is what we're going to do. And you know, there has to be some under the table handshake that you're going to be the coach when Belichick leaves for the fact that they're going to let him in on personnel decisions. He basically is getting agreed to be shadowed. They're not disclosing the major increase to his salary. And I mean, even even uh, you know, his agent said, this is the biggest professional mistake of your career. Like, there is no way, like if this, if they don't give Josh McDaniels a head coaching job, how could anyone ever offer Josh McDaniels a head coaching job after what he just did to the Colts? And I don't know right. if it was, and it was a reminder snub. of what he did to the Broncos already.
2: It was like, it brought it all back up.
1: It did. And it's like, it was yep. this was this intentional to sit there be, knowing you're stringing by, by the Patriot organization I'm saying where, you know, that McDaniels has already agreed to this with the Colts you know and it's just the formality you know what's happening here and then for you to and they're gonna sit there and say oh we had the playoffs we had stuff going on no 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 you should you could have and should have locked this up because what you just did is you just destroyed this man's career if you do not basically lock him in with the Patriots is what you've done and so now Josh McDaniel should have been smart enough to say you should have done this earlier I can't take this kind of hit. There's no way. Now, I'm sure for him, he's sitting there thinking this is my dream job. I've been with the Patriots for so long. This is the organization that I've always you know, been a part of. This is what I want. I want to take over after Belichick. And I'm sure to him, he's like, I can't not take my dream job. But at the same time, what you just did to yourself professionally is unreal. To go back on your word like that, I just I can't even. And the fact that the Patriots organization, who allegedly have all this respect and care for him, would put him in that situation is just beyond me beyond me
2: i am um, i'm glad that you're a nice person uh i think he's still
1: I, an adult and you made a terrible decision he,
2: I, I think but. but that's really what it is i don't care what they offered him he already had accepted a head coaching job which also is a dream with another organization um and i i guess i'll, I'll just say this i feel like um not only will no one ever hire him again other than this um but they it the rep- Reportedly, they did not offer him the head coaching job next. It could be that he's like, you "You know what? Maybe I just want to do this. I'm going to collect my money. I'm going to live frugally, and I'm just going to retire. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but I thought it was uh, disgusting. Do you think, though, that this is a reflection of Andrew Luck's shoulder situation? I do. That if Andrew Luck's shoulder was okay, he would have said, you know what? I'm going to go with this anyway. I feel like this is a good deal.
1: (laughs) I think that after his experience with the Broncos as a head coach, he knew that he needed to put himself in a situation that a, he could prove himself um, of what he can do. And Andrew Luck gave him the foundation to do that. If Andrew Luck is healthy and coming back. Now we all know now there's rumors that Andrew Luck is going to potentially have surgery. Even they said, Oh, it doesn't need surgery. Now we're having surgery. We're back in this, this ambiguity around Andrew Luck, which I don't think helped, but I, I guess I would just have more respect if he was just being honest because to sit there and say, I didn't want to, you know, move my kids. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. You wouldn't have even been talking to people about a head coaching job if you didn't have the intention of moving your children. That was so like, gross. I
2: was like, it is so gross to even throw that in there I and agree, put that bro, on your family. No. It's just
1: gross. Just sit there and I will at least have more respect to sit there and say, I didn't think this was even an option with the Patriots because the Super Bowl we had so much going on. They came to me. I know the territory is terrible. Type is terrible. I feel horrible, but this is this is my dream organization. I could at least somewhat respect that and say, you still made a bad choice. You shouldn't have done this. But to sit there and then blame that you didn't want to move your kids is just repulsive to me. It's just, it's so awful. It's so awful.
2: Well, and it it unfairly puts your family in a a position where they have to feel responsible if this Patriots gig doesn't work out. Right. There's a very distinct possibility that Tom Brady actually retires early and this is over and it's bad. And they don't offer it to him. And I mean, we don't know. Tom Brady's 40 years old. There's no reason for him to continue playing football if he doesn't want to. I don't the think he only wants way to that his he should his this way, but like, come on. Yeah. The only way that I could have seen
1: McDaniels taking this is if the head coaching job was locked up because there's no other reason in the world you would take it. There's no reason in the world. You wouldn't take it so that you can – shadow Belichick what what yeah, who turns on a head coaching better. job just to shadow you know like so there has to either be an under the table deal here that they just won't admit to which is possible or you, you should be better off saying he is he will be our head coach when Belichick retires even if just, he
2: becomes the head coach head coaches never stay with the same team and he will never ever get offered a job again never
1: nor should he. nor should he.
2: I would never ever offer anything to him and I wouldn't have before this, but now it's like, I feel very vindicated and all my vindictive feelings. So there you go. All right, you guys, Well, so we have to head on out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really fun. Um, Ashley, I were you and we will be back next month. We have the combine coming up, everybody Yeah. again, 24 seven for football. You can't get away from us. So uh, from everyone here at her fantasy football, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.